it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It is Sunday afternoon, March 12th. We have Selection Sunday coming up here in a couple of hours. We'll see what happens. My guess, Mountain West is going to be a three-bid league, but maybe the metrics slide Nevada in. Just have a tough time seeing them make it after losing three straight the way they did. Whatever happens, though, I'll react to that later on. Would certainly love to see the Mountain West get four teams in. I think this conference is good enough to... I just wonder if the league is going to get the benefit of the doubt or not. So we'll see on that. We'll react to that later on. On this podcast, we're going to do some takeaways from the Mountain West Tournament. Uh, Then we'll do some takeaways on CSU as well. I'm exhausted. Being in Vegas for that long is always a journey. It's a process, to say the least. Just the lack of sleep and not breathing in fresh air and not eating so great and maybe a few too many beers, if we're being honest. it's. It's definitely a test of your health and it wears on you, but I'm just definitely really grateful for the experience. This was the sixth time that I've been able to attend in person. It's one of the events that I look forward to most every year. We'll kind of get into that. I actually wrote about that if you read my uh, takeaways column from today, but I'll talk about it as well when we get into the Mountain West takeaways. I stayed at the Luxor, which was the first time that I'd ever been there. I was able to get a deal through Expedia, so that was kind of neat. But I'm a fan of those old school Vegas hotels that have character. You know, some of the new ones, they just, they're kind of generic. They could be in any city in the country. I like, well, not Circus Circus, but, you know, the Mirage or the Luxor or just something that feels like old school Vegas. So it was just cool to experience that. Walked about 30 miles over the course of five days. Just getting around the hotel and walking around the arena, you're bound to walk three or four, but then if you factor the strip in, you're getting that work in. Anyways, the point of all this, I'm very tired, so I hope that this podcast is coherent enough. Definitely good to be home. As much as I love Vegas, by the end, I think anybody that's spent significant time out there understands that feeling of just desperately wanting to get out. When you get back, you almost need to shower twice. Everything you own smells like cigarettes, regardless of if you smoke. And there's always that moment just sitting in the airport like, oh my God, please get me out of here. I thought I was going to see a world star moment. Saw a very large woman who is very mad about something. I don't know, Frontier sucks, so it wouldn't surprise me if they screwed her over. But she was cursing out the lady at the gate for like 45 minutes. Security literally dragged her away. Never seen anything like it. Really, really wild. 
There was a small part of me though that was kind of like, I get it. We're all we're all feeling that way inside in this Vegas airport right now. And we're all a little bit cranky. But yeah, let's get into the stuff people actually care about real quick. The madness is coming, and we've teamed up with Run Your Pool to give you a chance to compete in a bracket challenge. Fill out your picks for all 64 teams in the tournament and get points for each pick you get right. Maybe you go straight chalk and put Kansas and Houston and, and those kind of teams in the final four. Maybe you think somebody like Oral Roberts, led by Max Avesmith, can go on another run. They made the Sweet 16 a few years back. Obviously, we'll have to see who they get matched up against, but they have the firepower to really make a run. What's going to be really fun about this bracket challenge is you have an opportunity to compete against us, and you have an opportunity for a $300 cash prize. First place gets $300 cash courtesy of Run Your Pool. We're also going to hook you up with a $75 DNVR locker gift card. Second place is getting $150 cash. Third place still gets $50, and it's free to play, so no risk at all. The brackets will open up at 5 p.m. Mountain Time today. That's after Selection Sunday. The first play-in games are on the 14th and 15th. Those are not included in the bracket, so you have until the games actually start on Thursday. When we get that first tip-off at 10.15 a.m. Mountain Time, though, that is when it closes. The national championship, of course, will be on April 3rd. That's when we will find out who wins. Head over to play.runyourpool.com dnvr. You can also find the link via Twitter. I shared it, DNVR shared it, I'll share it multiple times. Don't forget to get your picks in when the bracket is live. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their friends together to connect and compete. RYP has over 50 game types for every sport you can think of. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming. With over 2 million players, there's no better place to run your bracket for your friends, your family, and office. And you can actually find that link in the show description as well. Also, the American Raptors have joined a new league, the Columbia Rugby Federation. It's an intercontinental competition featuring six teams from South America. The Raptors are the only North American team in the competition. The Raptors will play six matches at home, six matches on the road, and tickets are free for all the home matches. If you're unfamiliar with the American Raptors, it's a really cool situation. They take athletes from all backgrounds, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, you name it. They train them, give them the skills to compete and excel at the game of rugby. And it's been a really successful program. It really is cool. Stay up with all the news around the Raptors moves to the brand new Super Rugby Americas by following along on DNVR underscore rugby. Colton Strickler will keep you updated with weekly podcasts and regular written content. And again, you can get tickets to those matches for free over on AmericanRaptors.com. If you can't make it, you can also stream them for free. Check it out one last time. Go to DNVR underscore rugby on Twitter, also at Colton Strickler to stay up to date with everything. Colton's 101 rugby podcasts are the bee's knees. All right, let's get on into it. First things first, we're going to do some Mountain West takeaways, then we'll talk about CSU specifically. But San Diego State, they're a machine. Year after year, they're top the favorites. Year after year, they're competitive. And even if they kind of struggle in the regular season or they're slightly down, I guess, for their standards, like maybe last year, they still managed to make the title game. This was the sixth season in a row under Brian Dutcher that they made the title game. They won it, of course, their seventh Mountain West tournament championship. They set the standard. I mean, they're the the bar that everybody is trying to match in this league. And one of the things that I wrote about, and this can be kind of weird, They have so much talent and so much experience that it's almost a difficult balance to strike. And I thought Dutcher's roster management was just so impressive this year. They didn't have anybody average more than 30 minutes a game, and it wasn't 
for a lack of talent, it wasn't like they didn't have guys that were capable of doing that and playing at that volume. But he was able to get all these very experienced players, Matt Bradley, Nathan Menza, to basically buy in and accept slightly smaller roles under the understanding that this team is just so deep and everybody is capable of contributing. And I just think to balance all that, to keep everybody happy, to keep everybody's ego in check, it's a testament, one, to the buy-in from those players, but two, just from the coaching and from the culture they have within that program. I mean, the fact that they're able to bring Ladie and Seiko and a rope off the bench, that's just absurd. It's an embarrassment of riches. So congrats to uh, the Aztecs. Obviously, Stings, if you're a CSU fan, they'd narrowly escape the Rams in this one. Probably shouldn't have. And if CSU had been able to get through that game, who knows at that point anything is possible. They, they certainly would have been in the running to win it all. Winning four games in four days just from an exhaustion standpoint is really tough, especially when you have to play late night on Friday and then the championship game is then Sunday afternoon. That's one thing that I would certainly be in favor of trying to tweak. Just the turnaround is insane. I understand the value of being that Saturday afternoon game on CBS, but having to play late night on Friday on CBS Sports Network, it's just it's detrimental to the product. The game always starts really sluggish in that title game. And it's because guys that have already played multiple games in multiple days are coming off of, you know, three and a half, four hours of sleep. I know that a lot of this stuff, again, is dictated by TV networks and the Mountain West doesn't necessarily have total control over it, but it is something that I would like to see the league at least try and work on. I am glad, though, that they don't do a format like the WCC where you just give the one seed multiple buys, they only have to win one game, and then they're in the championship game. I understand why they do it in that situation. They're trying to protect Gonzaga. But the situations are not the same. The parity in the Mountain West, especially right now, is great. I thought the league was as deep as it's been since 2014. And Dutcher talked about it post-game. He was really impressed with CSU, and he knew that they were going to play them extremely hard. They did in Fort Collins as well. But I don't think that there needs to be changes. Based on... Um, <laughs> Based on some questions from Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune, it sounds like there are people within SDSU that do not like this format and believe that how taxing it is is at least playing a part in the Mountain West's lack of success in the NCAA tournament. For instance, like we said, San Diego State, they've made six straight Mountain West championship games, but they keep getting bounced in the first round. Is it because they have to go through the Scotland of a Mountain West tournament? Is it just about bad matchups? I don't know. But Ziegler asked Medved about it multiple times. He asked other coaches about it multiple times and kind of just, you know, tying those those dots together. Someone inside SDSU is kind of pushing for that. They don't feel that this format behooves the top teams in the league, which is them, of course. I personally love the format and think that the league caters to San Diego State enough as well. They already throw fit about in-conference scheduling and you know usually get to avoid one of the trips to Colorado. But I'll play some audio here coming up from Nico Medved talking about that and whether he thinks the, uh, the Mountain West needs to change things to basically benefit San Diego State. Little hint, he does not. Some more takeaways. Tim Miles, he's the man. What a story. What a story San Jose State was. 
first 21 season since 1949. If they win two games in the, uh, the NIT, the CBI, whatever they end up participating in, it will be the most successful season in school history. Whether they do that or not, it's already the best year in modern program history. I mean, what Tim Miles has done there is nothing short of a miracle, especially in the time that he's done it. I think he should be the national coach of the year. And just being in the building for that win over Nevada, San Jose State's first ever win in the Mountain West Tournament. San Jose State's Dak the Duck fan there, you know, going crazy. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. What an awesome bit. Great commitment. Love stuff like that. But San Jose State's run this year under Tim Miles, Omari Moore being the player of the year. It's one of the things that I'll remember most about this entire season. It came out of nowhere. So I just thought it was really cool to be in the building to see that. Uh, Tim Miles, again, he's the man. I assume he's gone. The lack of local support at San Jose State. Why would he stick around? He's just far too good of a coach. Their senior night setting was one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. Having the best season they've had in 50 years. And looks like there was about 10 people there. So I imagine he's gone. If I'm Cal, I would just double his salary and get him to move on down the road. It was fun having him back in the Mountain West, but I'll be shocked if he's still in this league next season. And then uh, the last takeaway I have just on the Mountain West as a whole before I play that audio of Nico Medved talking about the conference tournament format, and then we'll get into some CSU takeaways, is just that this league is underrated. It doesn't get the appreciation that it does in terms of the competitive play, especially on the basketball side, but definitely football too. I just, I enjoy the Mountain West. I've followed this conference my entire life. It makes sense geographically. There's history between these schools. There's rivalries. The fans are engaged. They're locked in. I was able to talk to supporters from New Mexico, and we're reminiscing about Kendall Williams nearly dropping 50 in Moby and how it's one of the most incredible college basketball performances I've ever seen. We're talking about Jimmer Fredette being a, a modern Christian Leitner in terms of his hateability. And of course, we're talking about this year's teams and you know New Mexico kind of fizzling out, Nevada, if they're going to get into the tournament or not after choking. What went wrong for CSU and Wyoming? It's crazy that they finished at the bottom. There's just a lot of really knowledgeable and locked-in supporters of Mountain West teams. And I don't think people that don't engage with us in this conference understand that on the outside. You know, whether it's Utah State, New Mexico, they all travel well. San Diego State shows up in droves. Wyoming fans will put up numbers regardless of how their teams are. I mean, they were there mostly to support the women who had an opportunity to, to make a run at the championship there. But this conference does have a lot of history. It has its own unique charm. And while I do want what's best for the future of my alma mater, whatever that may mean in this ever-changing landscape of realignment, you know, I, I would miss the Mountain West if it didn't exist. I really would. I'm not sitting here saying I don't want to be in a Power 5 conference or a high major, however you want to phrase it, whatever. At this point, it's pretty much just about positioning yourself so you don't get left behind in whatever this landscape looks like. I do just think 10, 15 years from now, whatever it is, when we're watching USC play Maryland in a conference game and Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC and 
who knows where all these other schools are, who knows what the Mountain West looks like, the Pac-12, et cetera. I think there's going to be a lot of college sports fans that just miss what we had. We had a pretty good thing going, and it's going to all get ruined for, for TV money. I don't know. Again, I want what's best for CSU, and that probably means getting into a different league, or at least trying to. But wouldn't it be neat if the Mountain West just made more money and, and got more respect and wasn't even necessary? Anyways, here's that audio Nico Medved talking about why he doesn't think we need to change the format, why maybe you need to explore some things if the Mountain West comes up short in the tournament again. But uh, ultimately, he doesn't believe there needs to be major changes. We'll take two more questions back right, and then we'll finish up because the front. Mark, someone said you need to introduce. I've asked this before, Nico, but it's another year heading to the NCAA tournament for this conference. What, what does this conference need to do to, to win some games and be more confident that this year's crop, whoever it may be, has a, has a better chance? Or, or, or do, is this something that the conference needs to really examine and, and maybe change whatever it is? Um, we took the answer. I was going to see, ask me what they need to do. They just need to win, right? <laughs> you know, we need to win a, win, win a game in the tournament. And I know we're, we're, what you're asking. Do we need to change the format of the conference tournament? I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I do think like everything, just like our season, the league, everything, once it ends, you got to take time to reflect and ask the questions. Are you doing the right things? You know, when you don't get the result that you want and whatever it is, uh, you never just want to, sometimes we are doing the right things, but you know, we got to ask the question, are we doing the right things? Are we helping, you know, ourselves? Uh, um, do we need to change the format of the conference tournament? You know, maybe. And sometimes, you know what, I just think we're ready to break through. I think matchups, you know, can be, can be tough. I know us last year against Michigan, we get a six seed. We led for a lot of the game and that game was right there for us too. And we just didn't get over the hump. Um, but maybe this is the year. Let's hope we get three, maybe four teams in the tournament. Um, and let's go make some noise. That's what I told Jets. I don't care if they win. I don't care if San Diego State wins tomorrow or not. Go win in the NCAA tournament. All right, we're going to talk about CSU specifically. But real quick, I got to shout out the homies over at Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals to ticket sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, maybe behind home plate, it's possible with game time. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Nuggets tickets, Avs tickets, you name it. Game time was created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the show description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. And of course, there's never been a better time to sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, you can place a no-sweat SGP up to $10. What that is is a no-sweat same-game parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger your odds are going to be. But if you don't hit your bet back, you're going to get another opportunity it's one of the amazing things about using DraftKings Sportsbook. If I place a bet at a sportsbook in person, have a ticket, you know, once that doesn't hit, you might as well rip it up with this. You get a second opportunity to make some moolah off your initial bet. You don't even have to add more. Of course, we've got March Madness coming up. It is spring training. It's a great time to get those futures in for baseball. Whatever you're doing, make sure you are doing it over with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Use that code DNVR. 
New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finally, time for my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm looking at the NL West right now. Division winners, the Dodgers minus 115, the favorites. Shocker, I know. That's basically free money. They own the NL West. It might as well be minus 300. I know the Padres went out and spent some money, but it just, it's not going to matter. So lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week, LA Dodgers to win the NL West this season, minus 115. Get it while you still can. All right, not going to spend a ton of time on this because I've already written about a lot of this and I've talked about it on some other pods recently as well, but just some general takeaways from CSU's play out in Vegas. Starting with defensively, they probably exceeded my expectations. We're not very consistent defensively all year. Certainly, even in that senior night win, you know, gave up a ton of points. But I was quite impressed with how CSU was able to deal with the length and the physicality of both San Diego State and Fresno State, especially in back-to-back days. Both of those teams will really try and bully you. And to their credit, the Rams stood their ground, obviously needed to hit a few more shots to pull off that upset of San Diego State. You know, you can live and die with your best player getting quality looks that looked like they were going in. Just a tough way to lose. But the defensive effort, both games, really, really good. If the Rams can build off that, especially with some of the stuff they did uh, down low, they will be much more competitive next season. As far as individuals go, I was encouraged by Cartier. I thought he gave a great effort on the glass. He showed more and more uh, growth there as the season went on. You know, it's not shocking that it took him some time to adjust to the speed, to the physicality of D1 after being a D2 star. It's definitely a big jump. But he's as skilled offensively as they come. If he can even just be a competent rebounder and an average defender at this level... And I think sliding him to the four, hopefully with the addition of another big or maybe a healthy Jacob Jenison next season, I think he's going to have that opportunity. Because I just don't really consider him a true five. I think he played hard there. He tried, but especially on the defensive side, got a little bit overwhelmed at times. I'm just really excited to see what he looks like next season after an offseason in the strength room with JP. You know, another year of working with this staff. I think he can be an all-conference type player. I thought Jalen Lake stretching the floor was really encouraging. Hit some really, really big threes against San Diego State late. Put CSU up both with uh, each of those shots. When he's firing confidently, that stroke is gorgeous. I think he has the best-looking jump shot on the team. I think he was disrupted by injury, by the lack of continuity this season. Shooters especially, it's all about habit and just getting into a rhythm. It seemed like, especially late there, kind of found that flow next to Tanjay and Isaiah and both in the senior night win over New Mexico and in the heartbreaking loss to San Diego State. Lake came up really big, hit some really huge shots. And he's another guy, assuming that he sticks around, that I think could make a big leap next season. KV, I thought, really flashed defensively as well as on the glass. He's the best rebounder on this team as a guard. Did get exposed a little bit as a ball handler. And it's not shocking. He really struggled in the matchups against San Diego State in that regard. And they probably just, anytime he had the ball, kind of were like sharks in the water. 
But he's going to benefit immensely from the experience and the playing time that he got against these quality teams, and he's going to be so much more advanced going into next season than he was. You love the effort that he plays with. He's certainly not intimidated by the moment at all. I love that he's willing to you know, get physical and, and go for those rebounds in the paint, box out, and just be aggressive. His future is really bright, and I just I loved what I saw from him as far as an effort standpoint went over these uh, last couple games. Same for Joe Palmer. He just provides a spark plug, takes charges, gets rebounds, hits open shots, probably was playing a little bit bigger of a role than he should have been under ideal circumstances, but he's a guy that you can live with a few lapses defensively because of the effort and, and hustle that he just plays with all the time. You know he's going to die for loose balls. You know he's going to do the, the dirty work. And he's a competent three-point shooter. So he's just a guy I like having in my rotation. Isaiah Rivera, I thought, really flashed defensively. Offensively, he just struggled down the stretch of the season. And I, I'm not sure what that was about. That might be a lack of rhythm thing, too. You know, I talked about that with Jalen Lake. But it definitely seems like his confidence got shook a little bit as the season went on. That said, the fact that he continued to work his ass off defensively, he had two huge blocks down the stretch to keep CSU in it against San Diego State. That's great. Riv is a dude who's always worked really hard, definitely earned his spot in this rotation this year. But hopefully we'll see him get back to that same offensive form from earlier. The MVP, in my opinion, was John Tanjay. And I, I wrote about it. I've talked about it. His growth, his composure as a player, it's just so significant. He has all the athleticism in the world, but I just think there were moments where John needed to slow down a little bit, kind of got ahead of himself, would drive into traffic, kind of with no idea what he was going to do. And now when you see him, it's just methodical. He's demonstrating skill as a ball handler at a, at a way that we'd never seen before. I mean, he was always able to drive, but just creating some of those looks in the mid-range he is a very talented player, led CSU in scoring in both games. Certainly hope that he's back next year. And same goes for Isaiah. I mean, we'll just we'll see what happens there. I will say, though, you add a couple of key pieces, a big, maybe another guard. I think this Rams team is right back into to being into contention next year. I really do. I believe in this staff. And I just think there were a lot of weird circumstances, a lot of bad luck, especially when it came to injuries and games missed. Missed more games this year than the other four years combined, five years. But yeah, that's where I'm at. We'll see what happens with the Mountain West as far as the NCAA tournament goes. I will be there in Denver on Friday and on Sunday, so I'm really looking forward to that. I will have all kinds of content. We'll have an NCAA tournament preview show on Monday at 4, so don't miss that. And yeah, thank you for following along with all my Mountain West tournament coverage. It was a blast. Looking forward to hopefully being back next year as well. Like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like not. Nonfr-